Hey, it's your home, and I need to ask you a few favors. In the kitchen, there's a spider stuck between the window and the screen, and I know it's dead, and technically it's outside, but it's still freaking me out. Can you flick it out or something? Also, just to save some money and it's super easy, could you bundle your home and car insurance with Geico? Last thing, could you take the holiday decorations down? Yeah, I'm one of those. Geico. For bundling made easy, go to geico.com today. This is Baxter Colburn, host of Verse of the Day. Thanks for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. This is Julianne Condia, host of Rewritten, here on Public House Media. Thank you so much for listening to the following broadcast on Public House Media. Once you are done with this episode, I hope you'll come check out my show, Rewritten, where we will talk about you having limitless potential and can rewrite your story at any time. No matter your background, your past, or current situation, you can have the type of life you crave. A new show comes out every single Monday. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode of Rewritten. Thanks again for checking out the following broadcast on Public House Media. Hello, everyone. It is No Filter Friday on Public House Media. And where I live is straight up pandemonium this evening. I live like in this terrible, close, I live painfully close to the Hollywood Bowl. And for whatever reason, it's like absolute craziness tonight. And for, and the LA Police Department like doesn't give us a police line. Like we have to rely on our own security. And there's all these people like weaseling their way in and it's become an absolute freaking ordeal out there. And it like, it knocked out our, um, we have like a cell booster tower because we're on the hills. We don't get no service over here. So we make our own basically. Um, so it knocked that out. Oh, pandemonium, like straight up pandemonium. So I'm going to take a second and share the post before we get into this um, and see if uh, share on a page manage. I'm going to see. All right. Let's see if it'll work or not. Okay. Trying it out. Like it's such pandemonium. I had to break out the basic cup. That's, that's, that's the level of crazy that we're operating at right now. Anyway. So, oh, now that we're like kind of getting past it, they sent the police to like clear out these people that have made it over here because the nights where the Hollywood Bowl is going and the Ford Amphitheater is going, it's like, it's forget it. It's absolutely forget it. I thought it was sounding like a little rowdy around here. And then our HOA Facebook group was like, uh, what is going on? Why are all these people here? And I was like, what people? And then I went outside with my animals. And I was like, oh, these people. Hello, Aussie. Thanks for coming in. Um, so it's crazy, basically. And now I need an entire thing of tea. Because I can't deal, essentially. Um, it's basically 
how this is going. So yeah, they um, everybody's arguing. Everybody's feeling like they're nudes get out of the printer. Like they're allowed to be around here when they're not. You cannot just park at people's houses because you want to go to the Holly Bowl or you want to go to the the Fort Amphitheater. Take an Uber. It's there for a reason. So the big Me Too news of the week is that um, like ten hours ago, um, this story came out. Because uh, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook did a um, an interview with Gail King, Oprah's BFF, um, about how Lean In did a like a survey because that's what they do. They do surveys. Um, <clears throat> Lean In did a survey about you know how life is in the era of you know in the era of hashtag me too like work wise and although this doesn't say anything specific about um like hollywood um because when i read it because the title of the article is hashtag me too backlash more male managers avoid mentoring women or meeting along with them and i'm thinking that this is a a like a program over at like Brillstein or something. That's the, that's, that's from the Washington Post. That's the article. And I, I could, I took it to mean, um, like management places, but apparently this survey was released on Friday. Um, was, you know, for just people who were like their, like Lenin's like sample, um, base. And it's not just, it doesn't mean like entertainment managers. It means uh, like people that are managers at companies like, um, I don't know, but like a, like a regular manager like out in the world, how you would normally think of that, not like a personal manager or business manager or, you know, entertainment wise. So not Burlstein Gray is the, is the takeaway from that. But um, it says that, um, leanin.org, the women's self-empowerment organization founded by Facebook Chief Operating Officer Shale Sandberg. And to be fair, Facebook does know a fair bit about collecting data. Um, the survey found that 60% of male managers say they are uncomfortable doing common workplace activities with women such as mentoring, socializing, or having one-on-one -on -one meetings. Sharply up from 46% last year, Meanwhile, senior level mill managers were nine times more likely to say they hesitated to take work trips with junior women than they were with junior men, a gap that grew just five times last year. The rise was startling enough that Sandberg herself is speaking on it, offering brief interviews about the findings at a time when headlines involving her name are far more likely to focus on her handling of the social media company's massive privacy scandal. But that is fair. That's fair. And Gil King did ask her questions about that. But I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand. That might be a good thing with this because this type of survey, because like they're out, Facebook's out here collecting data. They're a data firm. That's what they do, basically. I mean, besides, you know, give us this kind of forum. Um, so that's fair. But I think in this case, it kind of works out. Um, involving her name are far more likely to focus on the handling of the social media company's massive privacy scandals or its response to Russian influence operations than her perch. 
as the mid-2010s maven of workplace feminism. When Lean In has been in the news as of late, it's faced more questions about its role in a post-hashtag MeToo world of movement that showcased how powerless women individual women's individual efforts get to get ahead can be against institutional barriers, or even how much the organization remains identified with Sandberg's following um, a series of, uh, of bruising headlines. Uh, okay, so this is just her answering about um, answering about questions about Facebook. But if you go look at the um, like her sitting there talking to Gil King and you know everybody else at this table, they were talking about how if you can't get a one-on-one -on -one meeting, you can't get a promotion, which I think is true for the most part. But like at the same time, though, like nobody should really be concerned about like nobody should feel like bad about having meetings or lunches or like any sort of work function they shouldn't be feeling you know claustrophobic about that and that's not a that's not that's not a good thing that doesn't help anyone it doesn't help any party in this situation oh hello Aaron thanks for coming in um so that's something that definitely needs to get remedied um how they're gonna do it they're not they didn't really get around to that part of the survey um but I guess now that this, because this piece of data is like really, really fresh, like they just did, they just put these these uh, findings out today. Um, so I guess it's an open discussion of like how people are gonna feel like comfortable um, on all sides of the table, at all seats of the table, um, being there and feeling like you know their workplace is advancing and getting better, not only getting better in business, but getting better, you know, in their relationships within you know, within those, within those working coworkers, you know, coworkers are bosses and employees and, you know, all of the, that whole chain, that whole chain needs to have like a, needs to have a come to Jesus moment, you know, they, they, they got to figure this out. But it's so strange that I've never felt like, I've never felt like, oh, like I can't, um, I probably shouldn't have like a one-on-one -on -one with that person because ooh, it's like a touchy time or whatever and like I need to be careful like I feel like it should be like an, on an individual basis like do you think that person's a psychopath or not because that's basically how we judge each other in Hollywood like how psychotic is this person and if they are if they're not psychotic great moving forward and if they are psychotic like okay well how much money do they make from being psychotic can I put them through this algorithm? Are they going to... It, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. Like, basically, that's the litmus test around here. Is It's like kind of like a flow chart. Like, psychopath, not psychopath. And then you just move your way down like a pinko board. So, that's kind of concerning to me. Like, I've never had, like, a real job, like, out there in the world. Um, I'm not really sure how those types of people do things, but... I can't say that I've ever, um, in the non-entertainment spaces that I've worked in, that I've ever felt um, weird or cautious about um, doing anything. Austin Guevara says that's exactly how it works. It's true. We have a we have a psychopath litmus test. Are you a psychopath or are you not? If yes, then. 
how much money do you make with those psychopathic skills? If it's zero, then no, buzz off. But if you do make money and we can plug it into this algorithm right here, then it can open a movie or get a TV show on a, you know, on a network, we will mitigate said psychopathy. It'll be okay. Um, well, Brittany's here. Hello. Hello, other, hello, other cousin. Um, I don't know, but that's kind of, that's kind of wild to me that, like, Hollywood's got the problems being dirty and disgusting. You know, we have our litmus tests, but, you know, we talk, you know, hoes especially talk. We're like, oh, that kind of, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. But I don't know about it like, going the other way, though. Like, that's kind of an interesting situation to me. But out in the world and, like, companies that, like, you know, matter, that actually do functions for our society that, you know, are required. Like, this nonsense entertainment stuff is not required. Like, we don't have to do this. This is for funsies. But these other industries, like medicine and tech and transportation and all these you know wonderful things like those are required we do need those to function so we have to get it we got to get it together and figure out what the next step is to like make people comfortable first a and b um effective because if it's not effective then none of it matters like you can go to sensitivity training and this that and anything until you're blue in the face but if it's not effective it's not getting the job done it's not advancing business or people's lives that work in that business then there's no point in doing it this is silly so let's go back to what cheryl said because she did have a couple points but nothing concrete in my opinion so apparently this survey was uh included a national sample of more than 5,000 U.S. adults and was co-released by SurveyMonkey, the software comp company where Sandberg serves on the board and her deceased husband, former CEO. She said she's spoken to many male executives who say they have been told by their human resources department or by senior leadership, don't put yourself in that position, don't be alone with a woman, that so many senior level men are reporting that they are uncomfortable taking work trips, having work dinner, taking one-on-one -on -one meetings with the junior female colleagues is particularly bad sign. Well, then this shouldn't be coming from HR, like saying, oh, hey, don't do this. Like, that's not a solution. Like, okay, I understand how you're feeling. I get it. We're living in the hair of hashtag me too. If you want to make sure that everybody's, you know, completely bubble wrapped and totally you know, insulated and sterile, then this is how we do it. They, sh they should, their HR department should be giving them tools for this, not just shutting it down completely. Um, she says, I really think we are facing a very serious crisis for women and getting promoted. That's true. The problem with this knee jerk fear, of course, is that getting promoting is that to get promoted, younger employees need this kind of informal FaceTime and one-on-one -on -one interactions that build trust and develop relationships giving senior level managers the confidence to take a risk on promoting them. When senior executives who are often disproportionately male back away from those relationships, it can get, it can make it harder for women to get promoted. One criticism of Sandberg's 2013 book, after which the organization is named, has been that it offered too much individual advice that women, particularly professional white collar women, had to follow on their own, putting the onus of change on them rather than the underlying systems of uh, biases of corporations or society itself. Um, okay, well, we all have to work together on this. It's not just a one-sided thing. Again, this this 
hurdle has to be jumped from every single person at the table, not just like one end or the other end or like some chair off in the corner. Like everybody has to get over this together and figure out what the code of conduct and decorum is going to be so that everything's kosher and nobody's going to catch a lawsuit in either direction. Like nobody feels the need to file one and nobody gets caught on the other side of one. Like that's the, that is the hope here is that everybody's just cool with each other and they act right. But you know what? For as much flack as millennials catch, I really think that this is a good opportunity for millennials to really get their hooks in here because I think that is one, I mean, the ones that do work anyway, that's one area that they excel in <clears throat> is being thoughtful of everybody around them, like to a fault mostly. But I think that's one area where, um, where, where millennials can really take take the charge on this one and like bridging that gap between the more senior set, you know, within these companies and, you know, the more junior employees, like bridging that gap and just making it express on how they're going to do that, what the rules are, how everyone's going to follow them, and then what to do if said rules are broken. Because having a protocol is very, very, very helpful in these kinds of situations. And I think, oh, we have more people coming in. Oh, my lover is here. Chaz. Hello, Chaz. And David Bobke. Thank God for David Bobke, y'all. Oh, this man puts up with me like you wouldn't believe. Anyway, but I do think that is one area where millennials that are also, you know, very hyper aware of being thoughtful about, you know, what everybody else is doing and how they're going about their days and how, you know, they could possibly take, you know, these set of interactions or whatever. But the fact that like HR is telling these people to like, oh, just don't take meetings. You can't be alone with this person or not even like this person. Like it's not even an individual thing. It is a completely broad brush being swept across both parties of like, oh, you're a man. You can't do this. Don't be doing that. Like what? No, that's, this shouldn't be this difficult, but if it is going to be this difficult, then we got to find a way around it as a unit. Like everybody has to be conscious of each other and figure out what you want to do. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. And I think that's, I've, I've said this on the show a million times, but I think that's one of the few places that Hollywood is a great place to work is that these relationships that we have with each other um, are not only iconic, but you don't really get to have them in any other kind of industry. And like, I think it would be cool if other people got to um, experience the kind of working relationships that we have in entertainment. Like people like, uh, for example, when Audrey Hepburn's makeup artist died, she said that she didn't want to work anymore. And like, I get it. I totally understand that. Um, you know, the people that have been making movie movies together for a long time, the people that have been making music together for a long time or, um, you know, making TV shows together for a long time, like really, really gorgeous relationships like that you don't just get in any other industry. Like I wish that could be replicated in other businesses because I think that's like one of the best parts of the entertainment industry is that we get to like love each other. And we kind of have to because we spend so much time to like, if you're shooting something, you're spending 12 to 18 hours a day with these people for weeks or months or years 
like if you're if you're on a TV show years with these people so or if you're on like a big fran franchise or something but that's a that's a long time that's a long time like um Adam McKay and Will Ferrell just announced that they were parting ways like a month ago and it's I get it they're both doing movies without each other so like dissolving Gary Sanchez like kind of makes sense but it's still sad because it's Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. That's like an iconic duo. And they do love each other. Like, they really do. And their kids love each other. Like, they're a very tightly wound bunch. And that's a gorgeous thing that I don't think you really get in other industries that is, you know, that's unique to entertainment. But I wish other people had that. I wish people's HR departments weren't telling them that, oh, no, 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 no. Just stay separate. Don't look at each other. Don't talk to each other. Like, that's like old school in a bad way of like, oh no, men and women can't work with each other. Yes, we can. We do it every day. We've been doing it every day for some time now. Like that's, it's a proven false dichotomy. It's not, it's not real. It can be done. I've worked, like, especially if you work in like a male dominated industry, like I like guy stuff, like fishing and scuba diving and all that stuff. Like I like, you know, guys, drag racing, all that jazz. I really dig that stuff. When I go on the boat, is there other ladies? Most, like, most, more often than not, no. Guy was in Pilates today, and I was like, oh yeah, I use quiz <laughs> jazz. Very true. Twelve to eighteen. It's true. Minimum twelve. Tap out at eighteen. Union rules. Um, I was in Pilates today, and we were talking about socks, and I'm like, oh yeah, like these socks are like I've completely worn them out because I wear them fishing inside rubber boots because that way I don't slide around and they're like you what why <laughs> like they're like not like not having it not having it at all I'm like well, that's part of the situation like my Pilates socks may or may not have blood stains on them <laughs> and it's certainly not from working reformer in Bel Air I can tell you that much right now um but like everybody can get along but you just have to try just be cool kids it's not that difficult it's not that difficult to get along and not harass anybody or be harassed I think the bottom line it comes down to like using your voice and figuring out um, what your work environments like but that's a bad move on HR's part you know part to be like oh just don't do it no, that's, first of all, it's ineffective, and second of all, that's stupid, like, like, honestly, like, if you're an employee of said company, and, like, you can't be trusted to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with someone, you shouldn't be working there, like, that's, that sounds disastrous, like, if you, let's say you couldn't take a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a, a new client, or a vendor, or, like, <clears throat> because to me, like, if you can't be trusted to take a meeting with someone that you work with every single day that doesn't really affect, like, the bottom line of your company, then how on earth are you, like, going to be trusted to take a meeting with people that, like, I don't know, supply you with revenue? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's complete, like, how on earth would that work? Like, maybe for the short term, for, like, okay, for the next three months, like, a company that's had some real problems. Okay, for the next three months, no one-on-one meetings. Don't look at each other. Don't smell each other. Don't talk to each other. Nothing. 
You know, like when you're fighting with your siblings when you're a kid, your parents are like, separate! Like that. Okay. As a emergency temporary order? Okay, fine. But for the long term, that sounds like a really good way to sink your business and to just decimate your bottom line. Because if you have employees that can't be trusted to have one-on-one -on -one meetings or lunches or dinners or trips or any of these things that expand your business or they're supposed to, you have a major, major, major problem with the people that work at this company. So I highly suggest like all these folks get this together and fi figure out like how they're going to work on this. Let's do it. Don't smell each other. Sometimes that's what you have to like. Don't separate. Go in your go in your corners. Don't look at each other, and that's fine. Whatever. As a temporary thing, because you're having a hard time. Okay, but as a general rule that they're just putting into policy, uh, no. And if it's that 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 big of a deal, then have. So have 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 uh, duet mentoring, or you know have like teams of mentors, or you know a group lunch with blah 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 blah. Like if nurses and doctors can figure it out, and TSA can figure it out, the rest of us can figure it out too. We're all people. It's not. It cannot be that difficult. I'm so I'm. Uh, this doesn't pass a smell test. I don't believe it. I think we can all get this together. But anyway, that is the conclusion of this week's No Filter Friday. Um, I will say that um, it's Can right now, so I'm sure we're going to hear some interesting stories because it's the opening weekend of Can. Uh, so next week should be filled with Can stuff. And then tomorrow, I'm inter um, I'm volunteering for a Boys and Girls Club of Venice with uh, Pravana Hair Care. They make hair dye mostly um so i'm doing makeup for some for some kids that are going to prom tomorrow and i got so 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 lucky um i pulled out all of my all of my makeup stuff that i use um for sets and uh, temp2 is sending more um more things which i can't wait to see for tomorrow cinema secrets totally totally hooked me up best brush cleaner in the world they gave me a bunch of highlight and contour and more foundation and Cherie cosmetics is hooking me up with uh or not even just me but you know these kids that are up from the boys and girls club of venice and they're going to their pre-prom event um she's sending over lip glosses and eyeshadow palettes and like all this amazing stuff so thank god for all of these people <laughs> Jeff, I like No Filter Friday. Good. And yeah, oh, that's great. You're helping. Yes, I'm helping the kids. Well, you know, I kind of only do makeup out of necessity, like just when I'm producing something and it's just either it has to be a skeleton crew. We can't have like more crew members to handle hair and makeup or, you know, budget constraint or whatever because I have awesome, awesome, awesome people like Temp2 that will send airbrush machines and like. Look at all these, look at all these colors. This is crazy. All these colors of like paints and stuff like that. One year, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Cinema Secrets. They gave, um, they gave a bunch of like silicone, like 
cuts and scars and like all that stuff and I got to paint it for people for Halloween um which was so much fun airbrush painting makeup is like so 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 fun um and so those it's I'm very lucky I'm very lucky in that way that I'm able to do it and I have all these companies that will like help out um because I was kind of thinking about it and I'm like I've got to I've got to work on some pretty um, some pretty serious faces over the years, like just by default, like um, we were making all of our spots for Purina. We had Richard Ryle from Office Space and um, Juice Bigelow. Uh, <laughs> he would always come and he would play like the president of Beggin Strips and I got to like comb his mustache and it's like so iconic and like deal with his eyebrows and like mattify the shine on his face. Oh! So much fun. If you haven't combed Richard Ryle's mustache, you have not lived. It's so much fun. <laughs> Brittany says, I love prawn time. And, oh, Rachel being so nice. Don't tell people I'm nice, Brittany. I have an image to uphold. I worked very, very hard to be this mean. Like a five-year mean plan. And me, Enriquez. Hello, me, Enriquez. Thanks for coming by. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing weekend and then on Sunday um last week last Sunday I was on um the female female filmmaker fuse show on LA talk radio with Alexa Polar and Robin Pabella who are so awesome um and we talked about this show we talked about no filter Friday and me too and like just all kinds of war story stuff like whenever I go on that show it just we get so squirreled off topic it's ridiculous um but it's so much fun and i and then subsequently the day after that um <laughs> where is he get richard now i want to comb his mustache he's probably off working on something else he works all the time um nicest mean person i know stop telling people i'm nice an image how do i pulled here i'm working on my brand i've worked very hard on it anyway um i don't know where i'm sure he's off working on something because he's always working um Oh, stop it. <laughs> Thanks, sometimes you're nice. <laughs> you take it back. I can be nice when I want to be. That's true. I'll take that. That's a fair assessment. I mean, I'm capable. I just choose not to be nice. Anyway. So then the day after, so Monday, so I did Female, female Filmmaker Fuse on LA Talk Radio on Sunday. And then on Monday, um, this episode of another podcast called... Um, Meraki Mentors, which is all, like, ladies in the industry, basically. Um, that episode came out. And I, I recorded that so long ago, so it was kind of crazy um, that it, like, came out, like, back-to-back. -back. But um, because of that, I got – um, I talked to some other people about doing their podcasts, which are, like, big, big, big entertainment industry podcasts. So when I go do those, I'll let you know. Um, and then I got invited to speak at, um, I don't know, some panel that some lady's having. I don't know. I forget the name of it, but it's all the same stuff, basically. Um, so if you haven't, if you want to hear more of this crazy, more of this mean crazy, um, and just industry stuff in general, go over to the Meraki Mentors podcast because that's really, um, she's she's really killing it with that. It's a really interesting thing. It's on my Instagram. 
um, my Instagram, I have two Instagram actually, but my business Instagram is just my name. It's at Rachel Ann Mullins. Um, go over to that and check out because there's like links and stuff like that in there. Um, for that, go check that out because I thought it was a, I, I did it a while ago. So there's been <clears throat> things that I've worked on since, but I thought it was really, really, um, her podcast is interesting because she is, she, I don't think she lives here. She lives somewhere else. And she, um, she's got all these ladies in the industry together to talk about like our beginnings, middles and ends basically of like how this ridiculousness came to be. Um, and I think I ended up talking about how no filter party came to me too. I think it was a long time ago that I did this. So go check that out if that's your jam or if that's not your jam, go check out more other cool shows that are far more uplifting and not as disgusting as this show. Um, like choose to rise and disarming disability and what else? Uh, CJ and Cell, all these other fun shows on the Public Health Media Network. And there's more now, too. Like, I think we're getting more um, sportsy shows that I know nothing about. Like, I just see them pop up on the Slack, and I'm like, a what? It's a soccer show? Except for children? I don't know. I know nothing about them. So go check out other shows on Public House Media if entertainment stuff is not your jam. And I will see you all next week for another No Filter Friday that will probably be about Can because um, I think it opened on Wednesday. They partied yesterday, partied today, and then this weekend is where it's, you know, it's going to get, um, it's going to get down and dirty because the first weekend of a festival is like the, woo, crazy, and Can is the craziest. And that's why it's my favorite. Can's like my favorite place in the world. It's like all my favorite things combined. It's work and ridiculous fashion and yachts. God knows I love yachts. Like when you put all those things together, ah, oh, it's Rachel's happy place. It's like my go-to happy place, Chateau Marmont. My happiest of happy, happy, happy places can during the festival. So I'll see you all next week. Lord knows what's going to happen between now and then, but whatever. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. See you later. Bye.